Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your MPSA podcast. Uh, welcome to today's Education Committee team. Uh, myself, I'm Ed Mosteller. I'm the CEO of Perform IT US. Uh, we're a leading provider of software solutions in the MPS and IT industry. I have Aldo Spencieri with Meldan Consultants. Uh, he's focused on helping print and document dealers achieve success through innovative programs and next generation software. We have Ken Edmonds with 22nd Century Management. Ken's focus on coaching and training of field service uh, management and, and uh, workers within the industry. And then I have Mitchell Philby um, out of Australia. He's uh, the owner of First Rock Consulting which is a leading imaging and digitization consulting firm, has core consulting practices around strategy, innovation, and technology application development. Um, the Education Committee is focused on bringing uh, to the MPSA what's going on in the industry, sharing insights and expertise in a timely manner. Uh, we've decided the best way to do that is through uh, podcasts. So we've done many, many podcasts that you can go out and listen to. Uh, it's very easy to consume wherever you are. And, uh, you know, we try and have timely topics. Today, we want to discuss what's next with business intelligence in the management industry. We have two great guests today. We have Gary Peterson, who's the CEO of Gap Intelligence. Um, leading provider of data in the industry, and Wes McCarter, uh, president of Nexera. Uh, Wes is uh, great history in the industry and um, experience um, on the service side. Um, just as the level said, business intelligence leverages software and services to be able to transform data into actionable insights that inform an organization's strategic and tactical business decisions. BI tools access and analyze data sets and present analytical findings in the form of reports, summaries, dashboards, graphs, charts, and maps to provide users with detailed intelligence about the state of their business. We also hear the term business intelligence to refer to the range of tools that provide quick, easy to digest access to insights about organization's current state based on available data. So with that as a level set, let's get started with a few questions to our panel. Hi, Gary and Wes. Welcome. And first of all, thank you for making yourselves available uh, to do this. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be very much appreciated by the MPSA membership uh, and and community. Um, Ed just talked a little bit about business intelligence tools and BI tools. And, and my question is to you and to both of you, and I'll open it up. What exactly is a BI tool? And, and does it differ from data mining or is data mining part of it? Maybe you can just give us a, you know, a a more in-depth explanation of what BI is or a BI tool is. I'll let I'll let Wes take the first swing on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, from my perspective, business intelligence should really be, for me, that easy to consume item at the top. Data mining comes after. So what I want the business intelligence tool is to tell me what should I be paying attention to 
And is there something wrong that needs my attention or I need to get after? Then I might go data mining after that going, what un, what's underlying this that's causing a problem or needs my attention and needs to be addressed? So for me, the key part of business intelligence is giving me those critical indicators that say, everything's okay, something's going wrong, we're trending the wrong direction, and then the data mining kind of comes after the fact. At least that's the way I use in CR tools is, is about, because the data is overwhelming for data just in itself. And data mining is like digging through all the parts, right? Well, that's, I need business intelligence to do that for me. I will use that tool after the business intelligence tells me what I needed to know in the first place. Yeah, I, I, I echo Wes's um, uh, description. For me, it's it's business intelligence and business intelligence tools. It, it tends to get overcomplicated that we, we make it a bigger thing than it is. And, and my definition of it is essentially getting two, two or more different data sets and smashing them together and, and finding out if what magic comes from that. And it and as as Wes talked about, it's looking at my business. So if you know business intelligence is looking at your PL statement, looking at your balance sheet and, and doing an analysis on where where your business is at, where you think it's going to go. Um, and for for us at Gap Intelligence, it's it's a it's a you know it's it's looking at my pricing history and making predictions about what the future of, of my products or my pricing of my products is going to be, how I'm going to bring those to market, what advertisements or promotional campaigns have worked in the past so I can make predictions about in the future. And seeing, you know, seeing you know, how my sales and, and my contracts and my installations are impacted by these levers that I'm pulling. So it's first is, is in my mind is just getting the data sets aligned and, uh, and then a business intelligence tool to take a look and get those insights out of it. And as Wes said, it, once you once you can make a determination of sort of like a barometer of where you think your business is going, then you can mine down, scratch the details, and see exactly what 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 is causing that. Thank you. So you both talk about using data and, and understanding the data, but where do you get that data? And and is there a specific type of data that you're looking for? Well, obviously, it depends on the core part of the business, whether it's finance, administration, or service. There are different pieces of that. I that generally come from an ERP. Sometimes it comes from an ER, a central ERP with tag-ons. So, for example, a CRM that isn't integrated is integrated to the CRM or to the ERP, but a separate software component. So, part of what business intelligence should do is draw data from these dissimilar sources and pull them together into something that actually makes sense. Right? Because we don't use just one software tool in most businesses. We use multiple software. It'd be nice if every single database was integrated tightly, but not sometimes they're not. And you need to pull that data and, like you said, smash them together because that might tell a different story than the two pieces separately. But giving us a more complete story. Correct. Exactly. And for our business, we really focus on causal data. So marketing 101, you learned about the four Ps of marketing, product, price, promotion, and place. So we... We educate our OEM clients, our manufacturers, about where their products are sold, for how much, if they're advertised, and if so, uh, what is that that incentive? And so our our customers use that data in many different ways. They combine it obviously with their sales to see if product X at this price point is selling at at a level that they want. It's beating goals or below goals, um, and combining it with 
really it's it's really what the business what what business question are you trying to answer um a great example that i can think of that one of our clients did in the past and this was single function inkjet printers it wasn't big copier copiers but uh the client did an analysis of you know, products the impact of selling printers below fifty dollars and what it how it impacted their business and what they realized is they're selling a lot of these below fifty dollar printers and the users were as a result, didn't know how to install them, they would, and there would be technical support issues. So their call banks volumes went way up. And at the end of the day, they were actually losing money uh, as a result of offering this printer in the market. So that's a pretty compelling example of just getting different data sets and looking at them in different ways, combining them and seeing what, what you know, is there, a, here's some, I call it magic. Is there magic that comes from this that gives me an insight on where my business is at? Uh, Wes, Gary, this is Mitchell. Uh, thank you uh, for coming up, spending your time this, today on the call. Um, I have a couple of questions, but the questions are more focused on the lens of our uh, office equipment industry. So uh, to both Gary and Wes, can I ask this question of both of you? How do you see BI solutions or tools being used in our industry? Personally, from my perspective, most dealers don't use business intelligence all that. Uh, they might have key components that they will look at, but as a general rule, it seems to me, and a lot of the dealers I visited, they're still running 1980s. <laughs> you know, they're they're out selling, knocking on doors, you know, selling the selling clicks and hardware. Business intelligence is is not part of the equation now. Those dealers that have diversified into mainly IT obviously are more technologically based and will probably use it significantly more so because the managed IT space is a little less hardware and a little more solution support type products, right? So that there's there's other moving pieces in there. But even today, when I look at dealers with the data that we have on service and the dealers we have on data, it's obvious to me they're not paying attention because some of the problems that are very obvious in the data would deserve attention, but they're not getting it. So that's the supposition that I say that they're not using it. I create it, I sell it, and I can look at how many times people look at it, and they're not. <laughs> Just, wow. <laughs> I, kind of change it up. I change it up a lot to try to figure out ways of getting it to be interesting and get it to get people's attention. So I created tiles that focus financial ramifications of not doing this and even that sometimes doesn't get their attention both concerning and uh, a serious issue for our industry if they're not looking at that kind of bi tools yeah wes's um wes's context is really in the running of operations wes if, if i'm i don't want to put words in your in your mouth in terms of just the operations and the efficiency of, of how these dealerships are running are they running at profit can they be more profitable uh, the tools that I've been more exposed to in, in this channel are, are on the sort of the customer facing side, proposal generation. Uh, we work with Perform IT and, and Sales Drive, our data supports uh, that wonderful tool for MPS uh, proposals. Um, we have our own calculator called Gap TCO, which, which speaks to total cost of ownership. And I really, quite frankly, the, I echo Wes's sentiments in that regard, in that um, the, the, the copier dealer industry is unique, it's extremely resilient. Um, at the same time, 
um, that resiliency is, is sort of, in my opinion, sort of a force of habit that I'm going to make, I'm going to have my people make a thousand calls a day and they're going to get 20 meetings out of that. And then out of those 20 meetings, they're going to get five contracts sold. And that's been a recipe of success for this industry for how many years. Um, and so introducing a new sales tool um, is difficult. It's, 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 it's difficult to that value proposition of saying, Hey, instead of doing a thousand calls, let's, let's do, let's do a hundred calls with, with great data supporting your value proposition to your clients. Let's sell more deals. Let's, let's go for quantity, or excuse me, quality over quantity. Um, so that's been a similar experience that we've had with our CapTCO tool as well. And, and I'll echo that back with our with our, our flat rates. As we started talking about device as a service, there's tons of data to support why it works. There's tons of data to support why we need to change it, but the adoption rate is exceptional in my opinion, to that model, um, despite all the evidence that says it's the right time and right place. Wes and Gary, I guess uh, one of the questions I was gonna ask is probably a little bit disconcerting because uh, I realized from your feedback that there's little use at this present time. But if I flip that around and gave you a platform to educate our industry, where or why is BI? becoming or should become more important to the office where would they use that and why is it important i'll take this one first before we talk about the external side is that in in my opinion you're going to be able to close deals faster um you're going to know your customer better you're going to know um a, you'll have a better understanding of of what that customer needs in terms of the, their machine or their installation versus um versus just looking at what they currently have and then getting getting the machine that is most complementary to what they currently have in their office and just doing a quick, uh, doing a, a straight uh, switch of, uh, of devices. So it's more of having data support why you're making this proposal. This is why you need the machine. Here's your usage. This is what this machine does. This is how it, how it operates. It's 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 more affordable. It uses less energy. It, can, it has you know all the all the bells and whistles to it. It's more than just a, a spec comparison. It's it's more of a a story of why this this customer, based on their usage, based based on their their office environment, and this data is all out there, really telling a story of why this product should be installed, why they need to use it, and how it's it, it how this product best fits their office environment. And then on the internal side, Wes? Yeah, obviously, when you start talking about efficiency and where can I drive or generate more profit out of my existing customer base, paying attention to the data that says, look, your salespeople are selling the totally wrong machine for what the, the volume environment needs. Why aren't you right-sizing? Well, because the compensation model is putting them in a position of wanting to sell the biggest possible revenue producing box that produces a greater vision. Therefore, the aftermarket isn't quite as important. And the data has been saying this for a lot of years, but we haven't been able to quite break the, the commission of the model that existed. But the data is there to support right sizing. It's there to support different kinds of machines that are more focused on the outcome the customer is looking for rather than just the sales the salesman needs to make. There's just to add on to that. There's there's a really strong case that the that these that this channel is going to have to catch up with everyone else in terms of 
customer success is, is a common term in, in software as a service. So, you know, a great example of that is um, we use Slack, which is an inter-office communication platform. Every month, as CEO, I get I get a message from Slack that tells me what my usage is, up or down. They're completely transparent, and they'll actually adjust my billing based on on usage. Um, IT service providers are doing very much the same thing in terms of working with a CIO or the office manager and saying, "This is where these are how you're using our services. Here are the devices that are in the field," and it really tells them, shows them, here's the value that you're getting from working from us. And in time, those kinds of expectations are going to be asked of, of the dealers and, and that kind of reporting and that kind of proactive transparency of, of usage and value in that relationship between dealer and customer. Did you think of the difference between a product-centric deliverable and a solution-centric deliverable? Managed IT sells a solution. The customer doesn't decide what the technology is in the stack. The dealer, the, the IT provider decides that. Right, the customer may have solution outcomes, but they're not deciding what brand of router is in the rack, what brand of hard drive is in the servers, and what kind of servers there are. The provider provides all of that. Today, we still sell product. If we were selling a solution, the customer would say, I need to be able to print X amount of pages a month, and some of that needs to be color and some of it doesn't, and I need these finishing, and here, and the solution provider says, okay, here's the device I'm going to provide you that does that which is just mindset. Um, I think uh, you guys have done a great job of establishing that um, that BI's not really taken off within the industry. Um, if you were to talk to a dealer, what roles in that dealer should really be focused that aren't today should be focused on BI? I think we have on the sales side as well as on the service side, but what kind of roles uh, should be paying attention and, and at what level? Maybe all levels, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think that departmentally, every departmental head should have information that tells them how that department's performing. So they should have metrics that measure the efficiency of that organization. Um, even administration um, has specific goals and specific deliverables and measurements that they can use to drive how much are they, how efficient are they in that organization. So sales has theirs, service has theirs, admin has theirs, delivery drivers can have theirs, the warehouse can have theirs. So each department should have very specific measurements that distill up to the leadership of the organization that says this department is performing to expectation or not. And if not, what do I need to do and provide for them to help them get to that goal? Completely agree with Wes on that. And there's there's just so many different variables that those department heads can play with. And I think of like a VP of sales at a, or a sales manager, um, just measuring the the efforts, the day-to-day tactical things that my salespeople are doing every day to close deals and tying it up to actual results and finding commonalities of what is the most common behaviors or targets or or sales processes that are driving my success and then just refining and refining and refining and that's all in data that that they currently have at their hands in many cases they, they're either unaware of it or just don't use it because it's you know much much more much more it's it's easier to, to rely on your gut 
Yep. Uh, gentlemen, um, I want to put some rubber on the road and make it really relevant to our listeners. So I'm going to ask you if I could get both of you to provide um, the audience either an example or, or a real use case on how BI can assist businesses and how it can directly impact both their current and future performance. Well, one of the classic definitions of BI, um, as I mentioned, was mapping. So one of the things that we do with our with our and tool is to basically define a work area or try because we're trying to keep these people busy, right? Technicians in particular in this example, we want to keep them busy as much of the time as we can, but we don't need them driving any more than absolutely necessary to cover a given geography. So we can define a territory, but once you do that, there's a lot of information that happens that drills up to the surface. One, how efficient does that tech manage that base of equipment? I can create a territory with 150 machines in there, then I can drop different technicians in there and I can watch how that base changes as a result of who I'm putting in there. Well, that helps me know that, oh, this particular tech must be weaker on these machines because it's going to take him a lot more time to service that exact same base than somebody else. Oh, well, if I put this technician in here, his car stock needs change. Why is that? Well, because this tech must troubleshoot a little better and doesn't use quite as many parts as this other technician. So the business intelligence helps me define my, my workload in the most efficient way possible so that I get the most out of my most expensive asset, which is manpower. So that's one example where, where software and business intelligence helps me make better decisions as a manager about how I assign my equipment to a technician. And by the way, just on that, uh, many office dealers using that type of technology mapping uh, as part of their BI, or are they not just adopted to that yet? Well, unaware of it. So, well, I mean, obviously there is there are dealers, my customers, we try to get them to use those kind of tools on a regular basis. But surprisingly enough, they'll do it once, and instead of managing it month to month to month, they'll wait till it becomes a crisis and then fix it. So it's something that business intelligence should be providing you constant feedback to let you know what's going on. It's your job to react to it. The problem is a lot of companies fall into the old school of firefighting management and don't take the proactive approach of taking care of it before it becomes a fire. I guess that's what BI is about, about a dashboard. And when you're driving, you have to monitor the dashboard just to make sure that the car's not accelerating too fast or um, it's in within that kind of framework of you've got uh, petrol or gas in the tank, enough gas to get you from A to B. So that dashboard, as you said, is not not using it as a dashboard. They're using right. it as a transaction in some way to, to find out something and potentially only using it when there's a firefighting instance to do it. Right. Gary, what about yourself? What's our use case that uh, Gap uses today? Well, you know, we work... Uh, primarily with the manufacturers themselves. So the data and the analytics that we provide them, they helps them drive product decisions and go to market decisions. Um, one that comes to mind that it's not it's not uh, centric to the copier or hard or hard copy print industry is is one example that we had in TVs. And, and maybe there could be a similar uh, story that that would sound familiar for print. But in uh, in the TV industry, uh, instant discounts are, are commonplace. So $1,000 TV, you're offered $300 instant savings, and so it's a net $700. Uh, 
Uh, we did an analysis of our promotional data with actual sales for a client. We realized that they were getting three times more sales uh, results by offering with a large TV, $1,000 TV, a smaller TV, so two for one, a free small TV with the purchase of this $1,000 TV. And what they realized was from a business perspective, the addition of that secondary smaller TV only cost them $150. Um, so they were getting three X to lift for $150 versus giving the customer $300 in discounts. So they refined their promotional strategies as a result. You're just going to see a lot more bundling from that TV manufacturer in the future. And that's the result of just, of just business intelligence, looking at what I'm doing, smashing things together and seeing what unique things I can learn about my business as a result. And Gary, on that, um, I, I understand from what you've explained today, Gap works with BI today. How are your customers benefiting from BI? And what's the value that BI brings to them? Well, they're making, they're making, it, it is the, for a lot of our manufacturers, they are making much smarter decisions with their marketing dollars. They can get things, they can point their marketing dollars to very granular, minute points in the market. So they can, they know at this point, um, essentially 90% of the US population is is on the grid, so to speak. So they know they know some of your they can they can predict your habits. So for for they know Ed and they know what Ed buys and they know uh, what what price ranges Ed prefers to shop in and they know what stores he prefers to shop in. So they can direct their advertising straight to Ed. So for them they're getting far more efficient in their advertising their promotional spends, they're getting much higher returns on investment as a result of that. And that's again, just combining data sets and looking at looking at how, you know, pushing different levers and seeing what the results are in different. So for us, we're, we're part of the data that um, our manufacturer clients use to make those assessments. And it's all about causal data. So price, promotion, uh, product in place. That's a good picture. Um, and thank you for that, sharing that insight. Where's to you the same kind of question? Does Next Zero work BI, which I, from your conversation today, shows that you do? How are your customers benefiting from BI, and what value does BI bring to them? Well, obviously, uh, BI is, is, from my perspective, is there to create an action. So, are you doing something as a result of what this is telling you? And so, part of what we started doing with that is using goals. So. Obviously, from a service perspective, our goal is to get our technicians more efficient in a variety of different ways. And if we start setting goals and communicating those goals, we can then use the business intelligence to track that and tell us whether they're moving the right direction, are they not going the right direction? Do I need to provide additional tools or resources to help that individual get to the goal that I've asked them to achieve? So part of that is all is not only just the data and saying here's here's that that actionable item, but am I getting the results from it? Am I doing something with it? And that's part of what we think trending is so important. If you set a goal and nothing's changing, you're obviously not either acting or whatever you're doing is wrong. So start identifying what are your targets, what are your goals and objectives, and then help let business intelligence help feed you up that information says, am I moving that direction? Am I getting where I want to go? And if I'm not, what do I have to change underneath to make it happen? Thanks, Wes. Thanks, uh, Gary, for those uh, responses.
um, thanks, Wes and Gary. A lot of great information there. Um, do we have any other any other questions from uh, the committee members? Um, any additional comments, Wes or Gary? Well, we live in an age of of subscriptions and data. Uh, you know, to to Gary's point, I can't count how many new products I've found on Facebook because they targeted an ad, right? I would have never known that problem product existed and I would have even never looked for it because I didn't know it existed, but now I know it's there and I'm buying it um, because of that business intelligence, right? From an imaging equipment standpoint, we have got to be more disciplined about how we run print businesses. We just have to be better at it than we've been. The margins are not going to be there in the future that have been historically. Um, we're moving from product-centric to solution-centric, as I've said. Businesses that sell print are now not just selling print. The ones that are probably won't be here in the future. So this data is becoming a bigger and bigger component of how we manage our businesses. And, and because print is a legacy-type business, it's being a little slower to react than some. But the progressive big dealers like you know Frank and Impact Network and stuff are all doing a phenomenal job of making that transition. But as a whole, the copier industry is dragging its feet. Okay, well, I think that's a, I think that's a good summation. Um, appreciate your time. Uh, it's a, it is a fascinating topic, and uh, hopefully, via this podcast, we get some um, some dealers and, and OEMs thinking about what they're not thinking about. So, um, again, appreciate your time. And uh, we will uh, talk to everybody again on our next podcast. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks Thank for the invitation.